This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. AstroCast is poured for you by Carbach Brewing. Get highlights, interviews, the latest news surrounding MLP, and your Astros. Brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Looking up. See you later. Into the Landry's Crawford boxes. Subscribe to AstroCast. Expecting a great season with this Astros team. The official podcast of the Houston Astros. It's going to be a lot of fun the whole way. Welcome back. Robert Ford. Pleased to be joined today by Assistant General Manager for the Astros, Pete Putella, making his first appearance on the Astros radio this season. And uh, first of all, Pete, good to good to have you joining us. And uh, of course, your focus is on the, a lot of the, the minor league stuff. And uh, last year was a trying year for, for everybody. And I know at the minor league level, really difficult since there wasn't a season and uh, affected players development. And now that there have been games and you know, guys have been playing for, for close to two months now. Uh, what have you and your staff seen, and where have you guys noticed that the, the layoff has had the, the biggest effect on, on guys in the minor leagues? Yeah, it's great to be back. Uh, great, great to be on the show this morning. Appreciate you having me. Um, but, yeah, all the guys are real thankful just to be back on the field playing baseball. And, um, yeah, I think – one of the biggest areas we've actually seen is a, a positive one. There are a lot of guys coming back um, bigger, stronger. Um, we're seeing a lot of breakout performances, especially on the offensive side. Uh, on the negative side, I think we've seen more soft tissue injuries, um, a lot of them minor, some of them uh, more major, but um, you know, just with guys trying to get back into that game shape. I know at the big league level, especially with the pitchers, there's been talk about workload and 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 easing guys back in since they only played 60 games last year is that I'd imagine that's a big concern at the minor league level as well with, with pitchers and position players making sure that that the uh the workload isn't too intense since you know they're going to plan was it 120 games this year after playing none last year yeah definitely and you know really honestly there's only so much we can do because we've we've got to cover the games but um you know we do our best um you know, with the sports science team that we have uh, trying to keep an eye on all of the metrics that we track to make sure the guys are, you know, maintaining strength and power to hopefully reduce injuries. Now, I wanted to ask you about a, a few different guys. Uh, Corey Lee is someone who certainly has stood out so far this year, first-round pick of the Astros in 2019 and a catcher and started off the year at, at Asheville uh, in his first uh, full season in, in the Astros system. Now, up at Corpus Christi, looks like he's he's hit well uh, in both spots so far. Although a pretty small sample at Double A, what have you guys seen with Corey Lee so far, and what has really impressed you? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that that's impressed me is just his ability to make adjustments so quickly. Uh, you know, in, instructionally last year, he showed the ability to shorten up his arm action from behind the plate. He has a cannon back there. He's put up some. Uh, throws pop times a second, you know, in the one seven range. And um, at the plate, he's really made a lot of changes. He used to have a, a very long stride, um, a lot of movement, pretty big bat tip. And um, he's gone to more of an early toe tap 
or early toe reach, uh, just to kind of control his stride and um, his upper body load is just a lot more simple. And um, I think that yields uh, some of the consistency that we're seeing right now with him. It's been really impressive on all fronts, uh, play discipline, contact, power, uh, the whole nine yards. How's he been? I mean, you mentioned, how, you know, the, the pop times and, and his throwing. What about the other aspects of his defense in terms of blocking balls and also handling a pitching staff? Yeah, he's been improving rapidly. Um, our coaching staff had him go down to uh, one knee um, just to take a little bit of the load off. And um, he's actually shown the ability to get off some pretty quick pop times from there. And he's just working on making sure that he can block both to his left and right um, from that stance. But um, yeah, really hard worker, bought a pitching machine, had it in his backyard during the pandemic in a, you know, sort of a batting cage. He worked on his swing, worked on his receiving. So um, he's in great shape and he's, he's really athletic, especially for a catcher. You know, he can run along with, you know, the hitting and throwing. So um, really an exciting player and it's great to see him have such a good start to this year. You mentioned catching on one knee. Uh, and that's something we're, we're seeing a lot more uh, at the major league level, certainly, and in the minor leagues with more and more catchers doing that. What's kind of the, the organizational philosophy on that, or is there one in terms of guys catching on one day? I know it can get, get kind of tricky maybe if they're guys on base and things like that. Yeah, I think it. we, we feel that it can help guys uh, on the receiving framing end. And also, you know, it takes a bit of a load off as well. Um, I think the biggest challenge just comes from blocking – um, if you're down on your right knee, then block it to your left. Um, that's really the only, I think, negative that that adds. But, um, yeah, and it, we'll see with uh, Major League Baseball testing the automatic strike zone in one of the minor leagues. Um, framing could be a thing of the past. So I think you might see a lot of creativity with the, the catcher stances um, in order to counteract some of the other experimental rules that LLB is working with, um, you know, triple a bigger bases, moving second base towards the pitcher mound, the pitcher's mound to make the distance closer. Um, so it's going to be pretty interesting to see how all of that plays out at the catcher position. Yeah. With all the different rules changes this year, and they're different ones at each level. Uh, how much of a challenge, if at all, has it created for, for you and your staff in terms of just evaluating guys? Um, I think the one challenge is uh, at the low A level, there's uh, only two disengagements from the rubber. Um, and the third right. one has to be a pickoff where you get the runner out or it's essentially a balk and the runner advances. So you guys are getting bigger leads. So it's not as simple as being able to just look down and see, you know, how many attempts and how many cuts dealing uh, for the catchers. Uh, we have to dig a little deeper on that uh, because of the, uh, the rule changes there. Once again, joined by Astros Assistant General Manager Pete Cotilla uh, before the Astros take on the Detroit Tigers and wrap up this uh, seven-game road trip. And uh, Pedro Leon is a guy who obviously has gotten a lot of attention, Pete, uh, signed for a pretty sizable bonus coming out of Cuba after defecting and uh, have been uh, playing center field. Uh, this year, his first uh, really taste of, of pro ball in the, in the U.S., he's been playing a lot more shortstop, 33 of the 41 games he's played in have been at shortstop. Uh, what led to uh, the the greater exposure for Leon at shortstop as opposed to, to center field so far for uh, Corpus Christi? Yeah, we, we worked him out, um, obviously, in center field um, when we scouted him, and um, he can just absolutely fly. Um, we felt like he had the athleticism to at least give it a try and um, felt like 
he could maintain his skills in center field enough so that we could reduce the reps there and try to see if he could move on to the dirt. Um, you know, that just gives, gives us a lot more added flexibility. Um, when we look at, you know, guys on the 40 man roster, um, flexibility is, is key, whether it's a pitcher who can start and maybe pitch long out of the bullpen or even in relief. And then position players, you've seen guys move around a lot, especially with some of the injuries we've had recently. So we, we put a premium on versatility and, um, you know, we feel like Leon with the way that he can run and the arm that he shows, just the general athleticism, um, we feel like it's something that he can, you know, continue to improve at, um, possibly to the point where he can play there in the future. But um, we don't like to close down any any potential avenues because the really, honestly, the cost is very little for us to explore that, in our opinion. What are the what have been the biggest challenges for for Leon at shortstop? Um, I think just the Kind of anything involving some of the perception, whether it's some of the hops or just internal clock on certain plays, how quickly he needs to get to it, get rid of it. But um, really, he's he's shown the ability to um, get into the hole and make throws, and um, he, he's made throws on the run. Um, just covers a lot of ground, and um, when the ball goes in the air, he's a natural there. So he's made some pretty good plays, um, you know, pop ups and whatnot. But his first game in spring training was against uh, the Cardinals. Uh, it was a backfield major league game and made a spectacular diving play up the middle. So really just shows a lot of that innate athleticism to just go and get the ball. So really, I think it's just learning some of the, the little things around the position. And like I said, the hops and internal clock piece. Now, Joe Perez is someone who uh, even people who follow the farm system or the Astros may not uh, know a whole lot about. He was a second round pick of the Astros in 2017 out of a, a high school in the in the Miami area, but had Tommy John surgery right around when he was drafted. And it took him a little while to kind of get going. He's uh, played at both A ball levels so far in the Astros system this year. And I know he was a guy when he was drafted third baseman, there was a thought that uh, he, he could be a, a, a pretty good offensive player. Uh, what have you guys seen from, from Joe Perez now that he's finally getting a chance to to show what he can do on an everyday basis in, in the full season league? Yeah, it's been incredible. Um, he's just absolutely raking, um, has one of the highest average exit speeds in the, in the system for us and um, is uh, taking his walks, making contact, hitting the ball hard uh, to all fields. Um, it's a really simple swing. He's able to stay inside of everything. Um with uh, plus power um so he's really put it all together and um, our hitting coach there renee rojas has him really just working on staying his legs and uh, defensively he's he's doing a lot of work at third base just to be able to stick there but um has a, a plus plus arm he threw uh, obviously 100 miles an hour in high school and the arm shows out at third base but uh, i think he's got around 60 games at third base as a professional so really just trying to make sure that he gets the reps, but um, his breakout has been really special this year because he's, he's shown the power, but um, now he's showing it to all fields, line drive uh, power with solid plate, uh, plate discipline as well. Uh, Alex Santos was the Astros second round pick uh, last year. And he was the, the first uh, draft pick for the Astros last year, a right-handed pitcher out of the Bronx. And uh, I saw he, he got into his first game, uh, on Tuesday with Fayetteville, he was in big league camp, didn't get into uh, a big league, uh, big league spring training game. Uh, with Santos, I'd imagine I mean, he didn't have a high school season last year because of the pandemic. 
you guys kind of taking a little slow with him? Yeah, we wanted to bring him to major league camp just to, to get him in and, you know, get him training with their staff. And we knew from the beginning, he wasn't going to pitch in any games. Um, we didn't want him, you know, trying to throw as hard as he could, you know, in February, early March. So got in and, and he's been training with us and pitching down in uh, extended spring training in West Palm beach and uh, had a really solid first outing um, topped out at 96 um, and cruised at 93 and really threw a lot of strikes. I think that was the most impressive thing. Um, it's easy velo for him. Um, and he, he pounded the zones that he was looking to. And now we're just working on uh, breaking ball development with him, but he's still um, kind of a pup um, physically. He's, he's still maturing and getting stronger, but um, yeah, a lot of upside there. Pete Dutilla, Astros assistant general manager. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, hope to see you again soon when you're not on the road. Definitely. Appreciate you having me. Take care. All right, we'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this. The 2021 season is upon us, and the Houston Astros single game tickets are on sale now. Make your plans to see the Astros live at Minute Maid Park. From dollar dogs and Friday night fireworks to great plays and Crawford box home runs. Looking up, see you later! You won't want to miss a second of the excitement at Minute Maid Park this season. We can't wait to welcome you back to the ballpark because this season is for the age. Visit Astros.com slash tickets for more information and to get your tickets today. And welcome back to Astro Launch. This is Steve Sparks. I'm with the Astros pitching coach Brent Strom before this doubleheader today. And Stromy, any, anything uh, goes on before a doubleheader uh, that you think about ahead of time as far as making everybody available? Well, we are going to add uh, – we're going to add a player. We're, we're allowed through MLB rules to uh, – to bring up a player that's going to be Andre Scrub. Uh, it will be here hopefully to this evening, and then he'll give us a little, uh, a little insurance in this uh, two seven-inning double hitters. I'm not, you know, I haven't had this happen very often since I've been yeah. in the big league, especially with Houston being uh, in Minute Maid. We're, we're always guaranteed games for the most part. So, uh, but right now it's going to be Valdez in game one and McCullers in game two. We'll just proceed as usual and, uh, and, and hopefully uh, have a good outcome. Strami, do you talk to your pitchers every once in a while about – just limiting damage with as many runs as this team scores? You know, it, yeah, we, we try and do – each pitcher wants to uh, do as well as they can. Sure. We've been blessed with this this huge run support as of late. We, you and I have been in the game long enough, Sparky, you know that this is not going to continue. Uh, and and uh, we're going to have to win some close games, some two-to-one games and four-to-three games and things like that. So it's, uh, it's imperative that we continue to stay sharp and not get sloppy. Uh, case in point last night with the large lead with Garza, uh, you know, he tried to get through that inning throwing – sinkers and cutters when he has a good sweeping breaking ball didn't break it out until the last out of the game uh, when he struck out scope so uh, it's important imperative that you continue to, to pitch regardless of the score it's too easy to let down and you can get in some bad habits that way and we heard Urquidy say a couple of nights ago he was trying to pretend like the score was scoreless in Baltimore so he would stay sharp uh, is that some of the things you remind guys of when you go out for mound visits yeah, of course. You know, and like the, the biggest thing with Garcia, for example, I thought, you know, his pace is not Urquidy-like or Granky-like. It takes a lot of time between pitches. I tried to tell him, if you watched in that rough inning where I think they loaded the bases and then we had the uh, unique pickoff at second base on the wild pitch, <laughs> I, I, told him that, I told him that his mound presence was not very good, and he acknowledged uh -huh. it after the game. You know, he was head was dropping, and that's why I made a, a trip with a count 2-0 and uh, fortunately, he got out of that uh, inning unscathed, but uh, it was not his best effort in terms of just body language. And I told him it was probably one of the worst games he's had 
uh, in terms of his stuff. But as you know, Sparky, the key is winning when you don't have that. Uh, I congratulated him. I said, I'm actually more proud of you getting through this game than I was the, the, the Dodger win, for example, which obviously you had great stuff that night. Right. So, um, you know, you're going to have in a 30-start series, 30-start season, you're going to have 10 where you're, you're super. You're going to have 10 where you're terrible. And it's the middle 10 that are most important to determine if you're going to be a 15-game winner or a 10-game winner. Been really impressed with Jake Odorizzi, his last couple of outings. Uh, what's been the uptick in his performance? Well, I think he's uh, more connected. You know, he, his arm slot is uh, generally uh, high overhand or uh, high three quarters. It, it had been dropping uh, prematurely. His best pitch is his hopping fastball. Uh, his split has gotten better because he's not uh, throwing through it, so to speak. You know, some guys on breaking balls or on, on off-speed pitches, they throw through the break. He's allowed the speed to be the speed differential to be better so that when he does elevate it a little bit, at least it acts like a decent changeup. He's been, uh, he's been good for us, and, and being in a six-man rotation is going to be key for us to hold down the innings uh, uh, if hopefully we get to where we want to be at the end of the season in the playoffs, especially for people like Rikidi and Garcia uh, that have never logged a great number of innings. And you guys were talking about that in the wintertime, Brent, about how are we going to keep some of these guys' innings down and manage some of these players. Are we going to see some different things after the All-Star break as far as moving guys in and out of the rotation? Well, what you know, I'm not sure. You know, Javier obviously could could uh, jump back in if we wanted to uh, okay. flip him flip him with somebody. But I think what people will see, and, and they may not understand it at times. Let's say let's say I have a, a, a an Arcidi who's logging a lot of innings, and we have a large lead after five, and my bullpen's rested. Uh, there's no really need for him to go seven. Let's say that night. It's just like the other day we took Odorisi out, pitch total through five. Uh, we took Garcia after six. I really needed Garcia to, to go six for us with our bullpen situation. Uh, and so uh, you'll see some different things where we try and save an inning here or though, there as we go forward. And, and those innings will add up by the end of the season. You guys get these slow-speed slow cameras. And when you see Framber Valdez throw a baseball, everybody knows about the curveball. But it's the fastball, the way it sinks and it cuts and it dips and does all these different things. What is it with his wrist angle or his finger pressure? What is it that makes his fastball act so unpredictably? I know one thing. Nobody wants to play catch with him. Right. It takes a man to play catch with this guy because you don't <laughs> know what it's going to do. Uh, I refuse to do it with my eyesight. I'll get killed. Yeah. Uh, Josh does it. Uh, a couple of other guys will do it. Uh, but Framber, for some reason, it just – when he grips the ball and it comes out, it's just a uh, – it's an – it's uh, – I don't know what to say about it because, uh, you know, sometimes it'll sink, sometimes it'll cut, sometimes it'll yeah. stay straight. Uh, it makes it very unique, uh, and I'm not so sure that's a bad thing. You know, it's uh, – uh, but on certain days when he generates a lot of ground balls, you know which way it's going. And uh, I'm, we're just fortunate that this guy has really come into his own. Uh, I, I thought he would come into his own sooner in his career, but that just reminded me that people come at their own timeline, not my timeline or, or the front office's timeline, and we're just grateful to have him. When you talk about those timelines, are you talking about their mental capacity and their maturity and things of that nature matching up with their physical ability? Yeah, yeah. The focus that's required to pitch at the high level, to be a starting pitcher in the big leagues, the, the ability to, uh, uh, to let bad things uh, kind of slide off your back and not uh, focus on them, uh, things like that. You know, you know yourself, it's, uh, you have to stay on top. If you, if you let up for a second in, in a big league game, uh, as, as Sandy Koufax once told me, it's a lot easier – to stay out of trouble than it is to get out of trouble. And, and if you can get the first hitter, if you can throw first pitch strikes, if you can limit the number of people on base when the three, four, and five hitters are coming up, then you got a chance to be successful. But if you're not getting seven, eight, nine out on a regular basis, 
then those guys roll around with people on base and and I don't care how good you are, the Trouts and the Rendones and the and the Harpers of the world are going to get you at some point in time. Talking with Brent Strom, the Astros pitching coach. Last thing, Stromy, I want to ask you about Ryan Stanek. And, and I feel like he's going to be an important member of this this bullpen just to be able to get the ball to, to Ryan Presley. And when you look at his stuff, he looks like he's going to be able to do it. What does he need to do to take the next step? Well, obviously, I think fastball command is the number one thing. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of large misses that are not uh, – they're not uh, pressure pitches by any means. They don't really establish anything. They don't make hitters uh, kind of question whether to swing or not. Right, if, it, not we can, if we yeah, if we can if we can bring those back into the fairway, so to speak, yeah. uh, using a golf term, I think we'll be better off. A split has gotten better. Uh, you know, he does run 98 at you with a, a lot of deception in Ryan Spanik's delivery. And and if we can just kind of hone in the uh, the the, uh, the fastball into a more competitive pitch more often, I think we're going to have a very, very good eighth inning guy. I know you talk about head movement sometimes, uh, which hinders somebody's ability to, to command the fastball. Do you see that with Stanek? Yeah, you know, the funny thing, uh, Sparky, is guys don't understand that uh, that easier is better. Uh, guys like to feel like they're throwing hard, and this is what Stanek's issue is. Gotcha. Uh, he'll, throw, he'll throw just as hard uh, without the, the strain and the stress and everything. If he just times things up. It's all about timing. Uh, and it's what Granke does so well. He repeats so well. Uh, Urquidy repeats so well. Garcia pretty much so. Uh, you know, the Keikels of the world repeated well. Verlander, Cole. A repetition of a movement pattern is key. And, and for Stanek, it's something that, uh, that he hasn't quite uh, got yet. So he kind of always defaults back to just throwing it as hard as he can. And they like to feel like they're throwing hard. Uh, when you and I both know that uh, uh, easy, some easier can sometimes be better. There you go. That's Brent Strom. Two with the Tigers today. Good luck. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Sparky. Back with more Astro Launch right after this. Subscribe to AstroCast. Joined by Justin Verlander. Lance McCullough. Michael Brantley. Tons of interviews. Alex Bregman. Carlos Correa. Follow your favorite team. We definitely love playing in front of our fans in Minute For the H. <laughs> AstroCast is poured for you by Carbach Brewing. What's up, Dusty? Hey, man. You got it, man. How did Joe Smith come out of his bullpen um, the other day? Uh, he came out pretty good. I mean, we were satisfied with the progress. He probably wasn't. You know, he's harder on himself than anybody else. But, um, you know, we were satisfied, you know, with his progress. So is a, re- is, is a rehab assignment next for him? or? or well, no, no. I mean, we haven't decided yet. I mean, probably I would, I would guess he, he needed to throw another pin to me. I would guess. And then just staying along the lines of your bullpen. um, It seems like we never talk about Presley, and I guess that's a good thing when you're a closer. Um, What do you think has been the key to his consistency um, this season? Well, I mean, um, hold on a second, my son. Hold on. Son, I'll call you back. Okay. All right, son. Um, Well, it's been – you know, last year, I mean – Two years ago, this guy was like lights out. And last year, I mean, you got to totally discount last year and throw it away, you know, especially with the veterans, older players, um, you know, to get ready. I mean, I'm seeing the pressing now that I heard about uh, before that had whatever was scoreless innings. I mean, he's uh, – and and I'm glad that we try to take him out of that multi-inning role because he's much more effective just to help us on a daily basis but you know like you know he's one of the guys that I I voted for out of the three 
you know, to make the All-Star team. I think he's certainly deserving with the ZRA. He hadn't had as many chances as some of the others because of our 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 offensive scores didn't call for him to, you know, be on there. I mean, to be in the game. So, um, you know, he's throwing strikes. He's throwing strikes. He's throwing strikes with his breaking ball uh, at will. And, uh, and he has a very good demeanor for a, a reliever and a closer. Never seems worried. Mark Berman. Dusty, did you get uh, reports on uh, updated reports on Josh James and Brian Brayu? Uh, not not a Brayu yet. Like I said, we just got here. Um, you know, back to bus up. Uh, I think Josh James. They said he threw the ball uh, pretty well, but I haven't gotten updated reports. Do you do you either. do you pay much attention to standings at this juncture in the season? I pay attention to standings from the day the season started. You know, yeah. I mean, games you win now, you, those are games you don't have to win later. You know, I mean, I, yeah. Uh, I was paying attention when we were, when we were in first place. And briefly, I was paying attention. When we were four games back. I mean, you know, I mean, these, yeah, I pay attention all the time. I like scoreboard watching. It gives me motivation to, to either try to pad the lead or, or, stay in the hunt or either get back, uh, you know, to the lead. And so, yeah, I pay attention. And anybody says they don't pay attention. I've heard other managers say they don't pay attention after all-star break. But by then, you can be 10 out if you ain't paying attention, you know? So, I mean, it's a race, you know. And in a race, in the Indianapolis 500, don't you – or or a marathon, there's a spotter, somebody telling you how far you are behind and how far you are ahead. So – yeah, it's the same, it's the same scenario and situation. Dusty, you mentioned yesterday how the the Tigers have just been kind of thorns in you guys' side all year. They've played you tough. Um, yeah. What impresses you the most about that club? One that that maybe a lot of people didn't think was was going to be this good coming into the year. I don't know. I don't know anything. I didn't know anything about them. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to brag on another club. I'll brag on my club. I'm not, and I don't hardly do that. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, you know, they came in and beat us up the first time. But like I said, it was an emotional thing for AJ. AJ knows his club as well as probably Barry knew his own club. You know, how to pitch him, how to this and that or whatever. So uh, I can't. You know, I'm not surprised by by much, and I don't underestimate uh, the opposition ever. Astrocast is poured for you by Carbach Brewing. Get highlights, interviews, the latest news surrounding MLP, and your Astros. Brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Looking up. See you later. Into the Landry's Crawford boxes. Subscribe to Astrocast. Expecting a great season with this Astros team. The official podcast of the Houston Astros. It's going to be a lot of fun the whole way. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 